on a podcast called Jay is for Justice. I think they're just hopeful that she returns it no matter what. Is oh my from- God, that's Megan's house. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then. Wait a second, you guys. We have breaking news. All of a sudden in the chat, there was breaking news that there was a raid going on in Houston, Texas. Um, huh? It may be connected to a high profile case. Welcome back and thank you for joining me for part two of the Drew Peterson story. As we continue on, we start where Drew goes to trial for the murder of his third wife, Kathleen Savio. Jail, right? Or he goes to trial. And on September 6th of 2012, he was found guilty of premeditated murder of Savio. Jurors admitted that the most of the compelling evidence was based on the hearsay statements allowed under Drew's law. Now, a new Illinois law at that time is Drew's law, which allows prosecutors to enter hearsay statements into evidence under certain conditions. It was passed while investigators were looking for Stacy, and the legislation permits courts to consider statements from unavailable witnesses provided that the prosecutors are able to prove that the witness was killed to prevent his or her testimony and that the hearsay statements are reliable. So under Drew's law, they said that was the most compelling evidence for the hearsay statements. So he was basically found guilty on hearsay. He was sentenced to 38 years in prison for the murder of his third wife. He was incarcerated at Menard Correctional Center in Chester, Illinois, but later moved to the Federal Correctional Institution in Terre Haute, Indiana. Do we know why he, they moved him from the correctional institution to the federal correctional institution? I think because it was not high risk, so they just moved him over to Terre Haute because that's not high risk. That's medium risk, I think. Well, then, within a month of being moved over there, he was attacked by another prisoner who wanted to sell his stuff on eBay. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to get Drew's belongings. They wanted to beat his ass. I think it was, like, with a, a tray, like a cafeteria tray. Wait a minute. Who's joined us? Oh. Oh, boy. Better late than never. That's that's good, right? And he has good audio. Welcome, Carl Danger. Thanks for hey. joining. Jo- thanks for joining. We are talking about Drew Peterson. I'm sure you've been listening, as you always do. But we are talking about um, his trial and his conviction. Are you familiar with Drew Peterson? Yeah. Aren't we all? Yeah, he's uh, pretty infamous. Yeah, he, he, he creeps is. me out. Does he? Yeah, he's... Yeah, I don't... Something about his face, like, he just pisses me off. He just looks like he's... He's always... Looks like he's just constantly scheming. (laughs) I think because he is. Yeah, that is true. He has that look about him. So, um, he was transferred over to Terre Haute, and then he was attacked by a prisoner that wanted to sell his stuff on eBay. (laughs) And then he has had a number of appeals. Um, in 2017, the Illinois Supreme Court upheld the conviction. 
And then in t December of 2019, which, gosh, just this past December, he was released from federal custody and transferred to a state facility outside of Illinois, and his location is not being disclosed for security reasons. The he's, still, he's, he's still in Indiana. It says That's that all I'll say. The Illinois Department of Corrections stated on their thing that Drew Peterson has transferred from the Federal Bureau of Prisons to a state facility outside Illinois. He remains under the jurisdiction of the Illinois Department of Corrections. For safety and security purposes, the department does not discuss details concerning the placement of offenders who have transferred under the terms of interstate corrections compact agreement. So it sounds like they're saying it's like the Chris Watts thing, like he's still under Colorado's jurisdiction. Yes. But he's in another prison. Okay. He's still in, he's still in Indiana, though. Okay. All right. So then... In February of 2015, he was charged with attempting to put a hit on James Glasgow, the Chicago area lead prosecutor, in his murder trial. A fellow inmate tipped off prosecutors to the plan, and the inmate wore a wire to capture the evidence against Peterson. So in May of 16, he was found guilty of solicitation of murder and the solicitation of murder for hire. And he was sentenced to an additional 40 years. The dude don't stop. No. I, I think being a cop, he'd be a little bit smarter than that. You know, I think all the videos I've seen, Carl, like he just seems like I don't think he ever thought... He, he would have to suffer any consequences. Yeah, even after he was in jail, it seemed like he still thought he was going to get out. Yeah, I think he did. I think he thought he was just fine and, you know, he would prevail. And from, he didn't. from what I hear, he really enjoys prison. Enjoys why is that? it? Yeah, why is that? Yeah. What does he enjoy? Like, um, why? Like, does he like the routine? Does he like his status in there? What, what's... Well, yeah, I think everyone, from what I heard, he's like top dog in prison. He's like popular and all that. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So mm -hmm. he's got this, this status that he always wanted in prison. So why wouldn't he be happy, right? He Don't probably... people hate cops, though? But people don't if, like cops in prison. Yeah, but he's not just a cop. He's a murderer. Yeah, but he killed a killed two women. It's not really... It's and not then, like he's like a... I know, but he put a hit on the damn prosecutor. <laughs> that takes <Yeah>. balls. <laughs> I can't have nothing else to go for. Might as well, I guess. I mean... Did you read what he did with Jeff Pratcher? No. In 2012? No. Mm -mm. August 22nd, 2012, Jeff Pratcher, a witness at Peterson's murder, tr murder trial, said Peterson offered him 25000 to hire someone to kill Savio and told him it would be a secret he would take to his grave. Ooh. And that was a friend? Was that a friend of him? Or who was that? I think so. Crazy. 
or a hitman. How do you just talk like all openly and like with someone about killing your spouse? Like, hey, for 25 G's. I don't know. I'd like to think I'd be a little worth more than a little more than 25 G's. Well, they make it sound like it's expensive to have a person killed. Apparently it isn't. Apparently not. It's a little scary. Let me see. So Jeff Pachter was a co-worker of his. Yeah, I'm just seeing that in the Chicago Tribune. I was trying to pull up. Oh my see. god, I pulled up the same exact thing at the same time. Yeah, yeah he worked first as, one to pop up. He met Peterson as his at his side job as a cable installer. And it says that Peterson said his only condition that was that he be warned before the slaying took place so he could arrange an alibi. <laughs> oh, man. And the judge barred prosecutors from arguing that Peterson tried to put a hit on Sabio just four months before her death. I wonder why what he barred he... that. Why would they bar? Maybe they couldn't prove it. Oh, there was, n and there's no physical evidence uh, uh, linking him to her crime either. That he was solely convicted on hearsay of other people. What do you think of that, though, Carl? I mean, from a standpoint where you're not looking emotionally at this case, an exception, Man. an exception was made to go off just hearsay. They passed a law during his trial called called Drew's Law. I remember that. And, I saw it. Yeah. And That's it, insane. I mean, I don't know, man. It put, it put him away, so it's, like, good, but it's, like, messed well, up for a lot of other it? people. Like, what if he didn't do it, though, and it put him away? Well, I don't, I don't know if I care at this point. I don't like Drew Peterson. I've but that's sure not the point. See, I'm, I'm saying did take one of the two, but take for everyone else, it sucks. Take your emotions out of it. Does that seem fair? Let's say this is your brother. Hell no. Hell no, it's not that's fair. Being, being accused of killing his wife. And they pass a law during his trial and say, you know what? The jurors can convict you on all this hearsay of all these people. And these people, who knows? They may hate your brother because he's a cop. They may have had a run-in with him or whatnot, and they testify all this hearsay, and he gets put in, in prison for 30 years. Would you think that was fair? No, hell no. I wouldn't either. I mean, I have to be fair and, and step outside and say I wouldn't think that was that was fair. But I was watching that, what is it, was it on ID Channel or Paramount? One of those things where they had the Drew Peterson special and um like his own family was didn't seem upset about it at all upset about what part the law being changed and having him thrown oh, in jail it oh. seemed like they were just cool with it like thank really? god they got him yeah they made it sound like they were just happy he was gone and well yeah i mean according to family members that i know i mean they think 
he did it. They they think he did it. I'm just yes. saying the whole like fairness of it. I didn't know. Like to me, no, it's I just, not fair. I've just heard like I read that. And I was just like, wow. I mean, I didn't know that when I followed this. I just I think the media showed so much of him and like talked about his personality and showing clips of him being cocky that a lot of this stuff kind of slipped through and wasn't really reported on. Someone said in chat, Kathleen's bruises showed she was drowned in a toilet. So maybe that's why she had the water in her lungs because the head and everything, the upper torso, she was probably dunked in the water. Right. In the toilet. And his defense said that she slipped in the tub and drowned. And that's when she hit her head. But this I said that. Go ahead. I was going to say, this said that Homeboy was in Peterson's squad car when he told him that he was going to have an alibi by leaving the country or going to Six Flags and getting in a fight. Who said that? His friend? Drew Peterson said that he that was going to be his alibi to leave the country or go to Six Flags and get in a fight. Oh my god. Wow. And that he kept numerous receipts taking his family to the aquarium. Damn. So he was thinking he was thinking it through. Um, Say, so, did you so- watch the movie on Lifetime? I did, yeah, I did with Rob Lowe. Yeah. I heard that's the one to watch out of all of them. Well, the one that I watched was like that series When the Family Talks, I think. I think I'm pretty sure that's the one that I watched. Um, listen to this. So this guy, this Pactor, says that Peterson was stone faced and seemed so calm during the 30-minute conversation about the hit. Um, He previously testified that he thought the $25,000 offer was a joke. He said he didn't know what to make of it. Peterson offered no further instructions beyond telling him that he could negotiate the fee with the hitman and then keep any leftover money for himself. Though Peterson told him that Savio worked at Red Lobster, he did not give him a picture, a name, or a home address to put the plan in in motion. Um, Pachter said he didn't act on the plan and the two men didn't discuss it again until eight months later when Pachter called Peterson to touch base when he learned about Savio's death. He proceeded to tell me that everything, everyone was doing fine. And then he said, that favor that I asked you, I don't need it anymore. So I guess the judge didn't allow Pachter to testify because he worked in a high crime area of Joliet that Peterson asked him to find a hitman. What is that? I don't get that. Yeah. How do they, it seemed like if they're going to accept the other testimonies based off of hearsay that that wouldn't be an issue. Hmm. It's, it, sounds it's a weird... like, it sounds like a bunch of, crap with him being a cop like this listen to this his boss at the time sergeant patrick collins testified he relied on the opinion of crime scene investigator robert deal and handled the case as an accident um he pointed falat told who's falat okay so falat was a trooper that was temporarily assigned 
to investigation. So he was only working temporarily and he was called to the scene and he pointed out that to deal that there was a used condom in the wastebasket in the bathroom where Savio died. Deal previously testified he wasn't informed of the condom. He didn't see it himself and didn't take it as evidence. So that's kind of an interesting. He must have had dirt on a lot of cops. Like the, he must have not been the only dirty cop if he was able to have that kind of pull. Because Well, he did uh, retire because he got into trouble. So he was working as like an undercover detective and he was working with drug dealers and things like that. And he was supposedly keeping some of the drugs and selling them um, and doing some <laughs> shady shit. And he got busted doing that. And I think they just kind of let him retire. And he was still gave He was given his pension even. I didn't he get transferred after that? Wasn't he still a cop after that? Or did they bring him back on like a year or two after that? Mm, that I'm not sure. Because I thought he got in trouble for it, but it was like a like a little pee-pee smack, you know? Like, just go stand in the corner for a minute till people stop talking about you and then we'll bring you back on. I'm not deal. sure about I, that. I just know he was doing, Melissa probably knows more about that. I know that he, one of his sons became a cop as well, and Drew got him in some hot water, and he ultimately lost his career. Yeah, he was a cop for an Oak Forest, and apparently he hid drugs and money for him, and he got in trouble for that. So, what happened there like what what was that all about was that beef like right when stacy was missing or when mm -hmm. did while she was missing he asked him to do that yes but when drew was a cop do you know about what he did i know he did some selling of drugs and um money you know he kept money from drug deals that were busted and stuff like that but was there anything else that he did when he was an officer no, that's pretty much it. So his son hid guns and money for him? Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And he got he just, caught or what? Like, what happened? I don't tell the story. You want me to tell the story? Well, whoever. I mean, I don't know it, so I can't. Like, what did he ask him? Did he ask him from jail or... He I mean, lost his false. job. He lost his job for failing to disclose details of interactions that he had with his father after Stacy disappeared. So ultimately, he lost his career because of this fiasco. I don't think he told him about the guns. I think he played stupid and just didn't say anything about it. No, I'm not blaming the son. I think the son didn't know what in the hell the deal was no but with the guns though i'm i'm pretty sure that drew gave him the guns and when the cops came around asking questions he never said the son never said well yeah my dad gave me his guns it was oh. something about it was something about once the cops figured out that he had 
handed him the guns. I think they wait. They found the guns after they figured out he transferred the money to him, right? Yeah. He put the two hundred thousand dollars into his account. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they found the guns. Here's a quote. This is from his son. Drew kind of put us in a really bad situation. I have to clean up now. He still loves his father and doesn't like bashing him. He remembers him as a funny dad and a good provider, but also said Drew tends to only think of himself even now. It's not funny anymore. Last summer marked the end of Drew Peterson's pension payments, which Stephen said he had used to support the family after he lost his job in 2011. And he did that Lifetime show, Monster and My Family. Um, I was just reading. I had a, a good question in chat. They were saying, what was the hearsay that was used in trial? So I found some of the, the things that were used against Drew. So one of the... One of the jurors was a United States Postal Service worker, a letter carrier. Um, at first, he said that the hearsay law he thought was unconstitutional, but he eventually realized his duty as a juror was only to assess the evidence, not the laws. Oh um, my God. Yeah, he says, we weren't the U.S. Supreme Court, right or wrong. This was the hearsay law, and we had to use it in this case. So other jurors acknowledge that comments by Mr. Peterson's fourth wife, Stacy Peterson, the comments she made before her 2007 disappearance played the decisive role in convincing them to convict Mr. Peterson. So Stacy opened up to her sister and her pastor, as far as I know. Um, and then neighbors found Miss Savio's body in the bathtub of her suburban Chicago home, a gash on the back of her head. Um, we knew that. Da 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 da. So the prosecution stra strategy grew largely from a lack of physical evidence and to hearsay. And it says that it allowed Miss Savio and Stacy Peterson, who is presumed dead, to speak from their graves through family and friends. So they let whoever testify, I guess, about this and it says here's eduardo saldana a 22 year old who was on the jury and he was he ended up he was the foreman <clears throat> he said the women's comments were extremely critical in deliberations and in his decision to convict mr peterson he said he was one of four jurors who initially had reservations given a lack of physical evidence but mr saldana said the more he thought about hearsay testimony from Stacy Peterson's pastor, the more compelling he found it. But Mr. Supalo said he had some doubts about the credibility of Stacy Peterson's statements to the pastor. During the trial, Mr. Shorey testified, this is the reverend, that Stacy Peterson told him weeks before she went missing that her husband got up from bed and left the house at the time of Miss Savio's death and then returned to stuff women's clothing in their washing machine. Mr. Peterson also coached his wife for hours on how to lie to the police. 
when it was the 11 for guilty and just me holding out, I told them, you all believe Shory's testimony is gospel because he is a man of God. And they said, it is. And this guy said, no, it's not. Mr. Sapalo also said he had difficulty coming to terms with convicting someone based on what others claimed someone else said. He said, I'm uncomfortable with the Illinois law that allowed hearsay. They made the law just for Drew Peterson, applied it to him retroactively. If there was no hearsay in his case, Drew Peterson goes free. Defense lawyers have said the presentation of hearsay undercut Mr. Peterson's constitutional rights because he couldn't directly confront his accusers. They tried to discredit Stacy by having a lawyer, Harry Smith, testify that she asked him if she could squeeze more money out of Mr. Peterson in a divorce if she threatened to tell police that he killed Ms. Savio. But Mr. Saldana and other jurors said Ms. Mr. Smith only ended up stressing that Stacy Peterson knew her husband had, in fact, killed his ex-wife. So, I don't know, man. That's an interesting thing that hearsay i did not know that about this case until we got in deeper on this you know the government had to have been pretty spooked to go and put that in motion if they were thinking that maybe if drew got away with it that there was going to be some backlash you know yeah, yeah. Um, I want to address That's, Cheryl T. What other reason? She goes, basically, it was circumstantial evidence. It's done all the time. It's a preponderance of the evidence. I feel like this is a little different than circumstantial evidence, though. This is hearsay. This is somebody else saying something about you. Not circumstances or time frames or pings or things precise putting you somewhere where it's circumstantial. You know what I'm saying? I feel it's a little different than that. It's more of a slippery slope. Because didn't Kathleen Savio live like a couple houses? I believe he bought a house right in the same neighborhood, just like a block, mm -hmm. a block or two away. And I so he's, so know he's a else, cop, so but, he wouldn't even think to bring a phone with him for it to even ping. What do you mean? I'm I'm pretty like sure he left it at the house, didn't that's he? That's what I'm saying. He, he like, totally went over there with nothing but those clothes and came back and threw them in the washing machine and got busted. And then well, they... I know Stephen had once said that as a teenager, he would always hear his dad and Kathleen fight really bad at night. And when they would get up in the morning, the house was, like, completely destroyed. Tickled Pink music was at the trial every day. Why would Kathleen's family yell at you in the elevator? Because they thought he was on I know, but why would they yeah. think that? Probably because she was sitting on that side of the courtroom. It might have just been the only open... That's kind of how it is. If anyone sits on the opposite side of the courtroom... You just assume I mean, sometimes, the sometimes you don't have a choice if it's full. I mean, oh, she sat behind him, behind Drew. Oh, 
Debbie says, Jay, there was also some shadiness from the police officers Drew worked with, and I thought the coroner also was hush-hush about Kathleen's death. So, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about Stacy and what's happened since Stacy went missing. So her sister has had this, like, crusade to find Stacy. She knows Stacy is no longer living, but she obviously wants to find her. She has, she has coordinated all these search efforts of ground searches, air searches, drones, divers, sonar, everything under the sun. Her sister has been trying, right? So her sister got sonar. What body of water was that from? I think the Chicago River. It was the Chicago River. Mm-hmm. So she did you uh, did you see the picture? I've never of seen the sonar? it. No, it oh, got... I have it. Okay, can you send it to me? Yeah, I have to look for it. it I mean, you can't. You honestly can't. T- t- I don't know. She's saying that it looks like there's a body, but the Illinois State Police isn't taking her serious. So, so she's trying. To, she's trying to hire. She's trying to, I think she has, she had a GoFundMe set up or something to get she, more money. She actually has a foundation now where she's accepting donations that way, and she has a website and everything. But why isn't anyone helping her? I'm not sure, but I thought that it was that she thought the sonar showed a barrel, like whatever would be the size yes, of the barrel. Yes, but she also pointed out that you can tell there was a body in there. Like, she even had, I gotta find the picture I have it, like, oh, here's her head. Oh, really? Yes. She had, you like, think at that kids. point. What, Carl? Oh, I was just saying, if you think at that point, if she had all that, if she was so sure about it, like, she would be having a wetsuit on and be diving down there herself. She's I so determined. She's gotten all this other I, stuff. I talked to her one time, a long time ago, and she said the cops told her to come back when she has a bone. And then they'll do something. You know, I did reach out to her, and she has agreed to come on. So I want to let... I don't want to talk too much about what she does. I want to let her do that, because I don't want to speak for her. But she wants to come on and, and talk about you know what she's done and i think it's a good update for people because i wasn't aware of all that she's done i don't think the police want anything to do with it i think they just want her to go away and they just want to be done with it right like they just want drew to go and he's die put away right he's put prison. away he's yeah. going nowhere but, but I, that's I, not how it works the, but the sister paid like 12 grand or something for this sonar and the only people that were supposed to have the photos was the team that did it. And one of the team members or somebody there leaked them and I think sold them to some show at the time. And her sister was upset about that. I read that. I don't remember what year that was when they did the sonar. Should have had them sign an NDA. See, now, it depends on what kind of barrel it was. Like, did they say plastic? 
Melissa? I thought it was just a blue 55-gallon barrel, wasn't it? Yes. He put, like, antifreeze and shit in. Mm. And they bought him from where? A cable company they worked at? Something Does like it say where they bought it? I don't know. But I know his stepbrother that, you know, said that helped him. I guess when he took the stand, he, like, took back what he said. That he didn't help him. Mm. But that is that hearsay, and that doesn't count. Well, it looks like they searched a canal in '07 for Stacy. They have boats and divers. A Lockport canal, attempting to bring something up that was seen on sonar. So maybe they did attempt. I mean, they're not going to keep going out. You know what I'm saying? It's sad. Well, it's sad, but it's true. They're not going to keep going out every time she picks something up. Or They kind of talk about stuff like that when they talk about the missing airliner that went over the, you know, disappeared Malaysian Airlines. Mm -hmm. And they talk about, like, how much money it costs to fund the search and they only get paid if they recover something and then the tabloids and the news whoever else would want to buy photos so if they're just going out and going out at some point they're just losing so much money that whatever they're going to make won't even matter because they'll still be in the hole so these people just dump out and don't want any part of it after a certain amount of time but I wonder if, like, that Texas EquiSearch, that's, like, the most famous one to me. Yeah, but there I has to be more than that. she didn't team up with them. I well, mean, how long have they been around? They've been around for a long time. I know that he started EquiSearch a long time ago because his daughter was killed. That was what... Um, she went missing. She was like kidnapped or abducted and she was found murdered. And he was on this mission to help other people that had missing people. And that was why he started EquiSearch. And I think he, that happened. God, it was. Hmm, 90 in the nineties. He started it up. And it was first started with just horses, but now, like, they go all over on four-wheelers and everything. But I don't know if she's even spoke to them or anything like that. But his... Here, I found, it. I found an article about his stepbrother. Okay. I thought he took back what he said, but he didn't. Hold on. Drew Peterson has dismissed his stepbrother as a druggie, a drunk, and a liar. But Thursday, Thomas Morphew took to the witness stand composed, serious, and unflinching as he recounted the night that he says he helped Peterson remove his wife's body from the couple's bowling brook home. In the courtroom, Morphew testified that he carried two heavy blue containers containing what he thought was Stacey Peterson's body out the front door of the house and into the back of Peterson's GMC Denali. Afterward, Peterson turned to him and said, That's, this never happened. I won't tell a soul, Murphy said, he replied. The dramatic testimony came on the second day of a special pretrial hearing to determine 
whether to allow hearsay statements in the murder case against Peter III. He acknowledged he has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and battles of manic depression. He admitted to using drugs in the past and being treated for alcohol abuse, but he said his memory was clear about the morning of Saturday, October 27, 2017, or 2007, when Peterson allegedly drove Morphe to an industrial park and on the way asked Morphe, how much do you love me? I said, I do. Morphe told the court he said enough to kill for me. Morphe said he replied it was not something he could live with. Could you live with knowing about it? Peterson allegedly asked. I always assumed you killed Kathleen, Morphe said. He told Peterson, to which Peterson allegedly replied, no, I would never hurt Kathleen. She was a great mother. Morphe said Peterson then told him Stacy was cheating on him and wanted a divorce. He said she would take everything. He would have to continue to work for the rest of his life. He said Peterson told him he would give him $200 to rent a storage unit under Morphe's name and store a container there. I said, what about the smell, Morphe said. He said the container would be airtight. Peterson allegedly said Morphe could check on the unit from time to time and make sure there was no odor. Peterson could, would return in six months after the smoke cleared to take care of it. If something happened to Peterson during the time Morphe had testified, Peterson, Peterson allegedly told him to drop it in the canal. Morphe said that he later called Peterson to tell him he couldn't take part in the plan, but Peterson still picked him up the next day for help in removing the container. Morphe, who said he tried to commit suicide shortly after helping Peterson remove the container, blamed it on his mental state at the time. It is the most traumatic thing that ever happened to me in my life. Things were coming at me pretty quick. Peterson's adult son, Eric, also testified. Eric Drew Peterson testified that while spending the weekend at his father's home in 1993, Peterson dragged Savio, who was screaming for someone to call police, to the front door by her hair and arm. God. Terrible. So, so listen to this. Sorry, Carl. I'll let you. I'll let you talk in just a sec. I just wanted to finish up on the sister. I found out that she paid eighty grand. She cashed out her own 401k and has spent 80 grand to conduct the sonar scans. And she, on two occasions, says that she has captured images of Stacy's remains. And now she has the online webpage, Help Me Bring Stacy Peterson Home, to raise money for a professional dive. Um, she's blasting investigators for ignoring her investigative lead. And they just. You know, they're brushing her off. So she says, if I have to sell everything I own to recover my sister's body, I will. That's not justice for me, not justice for Stacy, and definitely not justice for her two children. So, yeah, that's a this girl has dedicated her entire life's her life savings. It's really sad. But go ahead. What were you going to say, Carl? You got the oh. floor, man. I was. I looked up Texas EquiSearch, and it started in 2000. But his daughter was murdered in 1984. It looks like they have a bunch of cold cases on their website, but it only goes back like it, there's only three pages, and on the third page there's only one person. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of cold cases. Most are from Texas, Louisiana, 
in that area, but there are some from like Illinois and New York on there. But I know like with the Daybell case, Annie, we looked into doing a fundraiser to getting money for them to come up to Idaho and look. And we were seeing how much it would cost and they said they wouldn't accept any money. And I know that, yeah, and they have a donate thing on their page and they, it's only by donations. And I wonder if that's just like the jargon though. Like he can't, he doesn't want to make it sound like he's only going to go and do a search. Yes, yes, yes. In return. That's exactly it. Cause he's a nonprofit. So yeah, he's not going to give you a dollar amount. Or make it sound like, oh, okay, yeah, they told me a dollar amount. So I went and did that one instead of doing this one. But on his website, he has gold, silver, bronze. Oh. And pl- and platinum. Donation. Donation levels, like sponsorship levels. And yeah. so like the platinum's at level one and it's $10,000. Wow. And it's like basically your business name on a t-shirt and heavy rotation as a case underwriter with your logo on missing person flyers, videos, website. So it looks like they take, it's like they're trying to draw donations in from large companies. They do like advertisement. Hmm. Yeah. They don't take just donations from just anybody. I'm sure they, I'm sure they would because there's, you know, 100, 250, 500, 1,000, 2,500, 5,000, then 10,000. What's the cheapest tier? $100, $10. Oh, $10. Bronze level. So they got them all on there. Yeah. So you just pay them what you can. I mean, they don't even expect money. If there's someone missing, um, they'll just go. Yeah, I think you donate 10 bucks to 50 bucks and they give you a Texas Echo Search sticker for your car, like a bumper sticker. That's cool. So, kind of like a fun, it looks like fundraiser, like each package gives you t shirts or, I don't know, some sort of thing. But it doesn't say anything on here about having anything to do with Stacey Peterson. Yeah, I don't know if Texas EquiSearch got involved. Um, I don't know where they would have even began. I mean, the last place she was seen was at home. Yeah, it seems like these guys get involved with, like, recent, you know, someone might still be alive. They get out there and they're looking. But even after... It doesn't seem like they're out there. No, they do recovery. I wonder if they ever went to the storage unit. Who? Well, the stepbrother had a storage unit. And the blue barrel was supposed to be in there. Hmm. I don't know. They had to have. They wouldn't. I don't know. The cops did because a really good job at not giving a, a shit. Or a witness see Drew and another man with the blue barrel on the side of the road. 
I just know that the neighbor saw them removing one from the house. But why did the stepbrother try to commit suicide two days later? Because he said he felt guilty knowing if that was Stacy's body in there that he helped dispose of. Right. But then he got on the stand and didn't do it. Well, I guess they didn't listen to anything he said because he's a druggie, he's bipolar. So, so they, they discredited him. Yes. Yeah, they discredited right. him. Mm -hmm. yeah, but, uh, Drew gave him all the all the dirt on him, and they used all the dirt that he had and used it against him. Well, what's shady, too, is, like, the defense does that to their own people. Like, they're trying to avoid being prosecuted. And so, like, if a family member is the only source, like, they'll discredit their own family member, make them look like a piece of trash. Sure. Just to throw that out. Just like to... I've to do their personally job. seen it happen. To yeah, do their I've job, personally right? seen it. Yep. But so listen, I mean, I'm reading here too that neighbors also said that there was a blue barrel in his backyard that was missing. He had three of them, right? He bought three of them, but the sister says there was one in the garage. The neighbors said there was one in the backyard. In the movie, too, didn't they show that Drew killed her in the bedroom? And you remember in the movie, the stepbrother came up to the bedroom? Or am I thinking of something else? You know, I don't, I don't know. I didn't see the whole thing. I saw it in bits and pieces. I got to sit down and watch it from the beginning to the end. I caught, like, bits and pieces of it on Lifetime. But yeah, I just remember it... him killing the previous wife, them showing the details on that. But then when it came to Stacy, she just like vanished. They made her just look like she just vanished. Right. And he it's... said she took her bikini and she went off with her new man. <laughs> yeah. And left yeah. her two little kids that were like three, two and three or three and four or something like that at the time. Yeah, they were little. They were little. Yeah. It's so sad. Lacey. So is it true, do we know if it's true that Drew Peterson called in sick on the night that Stacy disappeared? I've never heard anything about that. Neither have I. Think he's an alibi man. Mm -hmm. Seems like that would bust his alibi. I don't think he would do something like that. He... I don't, he was home. Like, didn't he get out of bed? Change, run over there, do the deed, come back, throw stuff in the washer. And she had, like, gotten out of bed and she saw him and she heard him went and got back to bed and pretended like she was asleep. So that she didn't have to. But somehow, like, he found out and she, uh, that's when they had to have a conversation about coaching who, and all that. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. Who is raising Stacy's children? Um, Steven Peterson has custody of Anthony and Lucy or uh, Lacey. So how and old they, are and they, they and now? They, and they still live in the same house. 
Oh, they do. They live in the family home. Yes, that Drew shared with Stacy. Oh wow. So how old are those kids now? I believe Anthony's sixteen and Lacey is fifteen. Wow. Yeah. Those kids know some stories. Well, they were little. They were only like two and three or something like that. I know, but just from hearing mm. the family just hearing the family up, yeah. speak. Do they know yeah. everything, Melissa? Do you know if they know like everything that happened or Yeah, they know. They do. Mm-hmm. They don't he writes letters to them. But what a weirdo. It, wow. That's gotta be that's gotta be really hard, especially for Oh, Anthony is seventeen and Lacey is 15. Well, you know, props to his son for raising his brother and sister. And his his own child, too. He has one of his own? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, props to him for... Oh, how weird. Lacey Peterson? I know, right? Winter Garden just said that. That just hit me yeah. I know a lot of people this happened around the time of the Scott Peterson case there was two Petersons all over the news so how do Drew's children feel about him now you want me to answer that I mean yeah as far as you know about his kids he has daughters and sons he has one daughter Lacey and then Christopher I think Thomas, right? Christopher, Tommy, Anthony, and Stephen, and Eric. And they um, all have, have done pretty well? Yeah. Uh-huh. Good for them. Very well. I mean, I know the one son, you know, didn't believe his dad did it, but now he does. Yeah, I mean, that would be something really hard to swallow. Um, I can't imagine what those boys saw growing up. I did watch an interview with one of his sons on, I think it was an A&E documentary, and he was talking about a night where um, Drew and Kathleen were fighting, and he said that him and his brother could just hear Drew just demolishing things in the house, like... He said it sounded like a train was going through the house. And I yeah, think, that was Steven. And I think of little kids, you know, up in their rooms hearing this. That's so scary. And then for everything else that happened following that, those they've been through a lot. And no, Drew does not get pension anymore. Mm-mm. They cut him off in, I think, 2016. And I know the only wife he didn't abuse was his first wife, Carol. All he did was just cheat on her. But he didn't. And let's also talk about the fiance he had in between uh, the first and second wife that ended up not marrying him. Oh, was her? She's a blonde. She's a blonde. Kyle? I think her name was Kyle. Her first name is Kyle? I'm pretty sure. Well, anyways, she was abused by him, she says. Um, 
and she wanted out of the relationship they were engaged and she said i don't want anything i don't want any money i don't want anything in the house blah 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 i just want out and drew didn't contest and they separated but i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that she didn't want to take anything from him either kathleen their divorce you know she was getting half she was getting half of everything custody of the children you know all that and she she got all that and then she ended up dying what two years later yeah her name was cal and remember she said that he would write her parking tickets Oh yeah, he and her... they would never leave them on her car. Yes. So then there was a warrant out for her arrest, and she got arrested for tickets right. she didn't even know about. Because I think he said something like, "Don't fuck with me." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she ended up arrested for tickets she didn't even know she had. Crazy. She's, and I think lucky. he like she went back to the house. I remember she was saying to get like some of her belongings and stuff. And he was like calling her names. He pushed her over the coffee table. Mm-hmm. He sat on her and straddled, straddled her with his legs. Mm-hmm. He held her arms down with his legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just watched that the other day when she described that, and I thought of, I thought of Chris and Shanann when she said that because that's how I picture. And she was young too, I think. Because they were, they were he, all younger. He, yeah, he already had um Eric and Steven. And I think she was 20 and Drew was 27. Damn. He he went for the young ones. Gross. Um, Shane Golden said, Jay is for justice. There are very few missing people in Bolingbrook, but oddly, Rachel Mellon disappeared in 96. Guess who worked the case? Uh-huh. Always believed he was involved as well. I've never heard that name, Rachel Mel- Mellon. Have you? Mm-mm. Never. Hmm. It's like a Ted Bundy thing. I know that's what they were saying back then. They were like, is he a serial killer? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, he possibly good. could be. I mean, well, Bolingbrook is, it's not that big. It's like 30 minutes for me. Or like 25 minutes. But Rachel was only 13. I'm not sure that Drew liked him that young. Well, um, I wouldn't put it past him. But I'm reading Rachel's story. So she was 13. Um, she stayed home from school because she had a sore throat. And she was kept company by her unemployed stepfather, Vince Mellon. Oh, well. Ac- uh, right. According to Vince, yeah. he and Rachel played video games before Rachel decided to take a nap. Vince then decided to take their dog for a walk in sub-zero temperatures. He left the door unlocked while he was gone. The dog escaped from his leash during the walk. Oh, what a what a travesty which caused vince to be gone longer than he intended to be when he got home he did not check on rachel uh 315 rachel's half sister gets home from school and realizes that rachel's not in her room um rachel's mother returns at 5 p.m realizes her daughter's gone they were called at 6 p.m 
and Vince has been a longtime suspect in her disappearance. He had scratches on his body after her disappearance, which he blamed on injuries he got while repairing his car. He also has a long record of domestic violence and has failed lie detector tests. I don't think Drew Peterson had anything to do with Rachel Mellon. I think the no. stepdad right there. We also had another missing mother around the same time um, with Drew Peterson. And that one lost attention because of Drew Peterson. Her name was Lisa Stebick. She lives in Plainfield, and that's kind of close to Bolingbrook, too. Let's see. Let's see what the circumstances she out, are. She went out for a jog and was never seen again. I think that was in 2007. It was 2007. Yeah. But her husband, Craig Stebick, refused to talk to police or help in the investigation or search. Yeah, because he said that he, she was cheating on him. Yeah, well, there you go. You have infidelity. You have a, a husband that won't cooperate. I don't think Drew Peterson had anything to do with that either. Yeah. Let, me, let me just shut that shit down right now. You never know. I don't think so. I would have I don't to, know how men get away it. with shit anymore. Like well, seriously, do, do how they, do they get though? away with anything? But do they? They shouldn't be. No, they shouldn't. The fir- we're the first suspect in everything. Like well, soon, it doesn't matter what it is, it's the man first. It's the, so it's immediately the spouse, all the attention's right there. It's the spouse or the significant other first. Or and the dad. It, and it just so happens that men kill more than women. It's not a prejudice against men, Carl. Well, I mean, men are trash. We know that. I'll accept that. Pretty much. But. Few and far between, there's some good ones. But, yeah, for the most part. How someone put it, like. <laughs> just put, kidding. Someone put I it pretty good emails. about, like. Uh, genes and DNA and all that and how uh, how long it actually takes to remove certain things from your DNA like your psychological that can be passed down from generation to generation uh-huh. and so- like we're not that far removed from when we used to just all kill each other over nothing so it's like we're improving as society but men are still trash in 2020 maybe 30-20, we might stand a chance. Maybe. We're pretty far behind. My We're question need, is, like, though, I want to... Someone put something about the movie. Why did they pick Rob Lowe? I don't know. Maybe because they thought... good-looking, man. Well, he looks nothing like... I mean, the acting was horrible. Especially when the scene where they lifted the garage... See, I didn't. I have to watch it full. I didn't watch all of it. No, not all men are trash. We were just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. Don't take it out I of context. I <laughs> am a, a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> a key witness also said the blue barrel was warm to the touch. Who touched it? The stepbrother? Yeah, what are they touching it with? Oh, the stepbrother said it was warm to the touch? Uh, he didn't say that. Why would it be warm? I mean, if it was in the garage, it might be like room. See, 10. she said yes. Ridiculous. Oh my god, 
Tickled Pink, what did he say when the garage door lifted up? He said something really cheesy. Like some CSI Miami Horatio, put the sunglasses on, explosion. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. It was something like, don't, I don't know. It was so cheesy. Well, I think that's probably why they picked Rob Lowe, because I think Rob Lowe's kind of cheesy, in my opinion. So I think he can play a cheesy role pretty well. Like when he played, (laughs) remember he played the cheesy, like guy in Wayne and Garth? Like he did a good job being really cheesy. Hey, he was also great in Austin Powers as number two. I have never watched those movies. You're missing out. No, I'm not. I don't think I would think what? it's funny. And what was he in Tommy Boy when he was banging his mom in Tommy Boy? He was. Oh my God! Here, John. Oh, I was telling that too. I like Play that movie. Flip. Play that. I can't find it. Yeah. See, she was. He was sitting in his patrol car with another guy watching Stacy mow the lawn in her bikini top and shorts. Womanizer. Womanizer, womanizer. It's so gross. Like he's. Yeah, it is gross. He just looks like such a tool. A stupid ass mustache. I just don't. I just don't get it. I don't. Come on. I mean, I get it. There's a there's a type for everyone, but well, the Stacy, in her defense, she was supporting herself at seventeen, working as a receptionist at a hotel, so she was struggling, and she met him because I think he was called to the hotel several times for you know, police-related yes. incidents, and that's how he met her. And she probably saw it as a way out. She had a hard life. So, you know, she was typical, like, prey for someone like him. Okay, Melissa B. has sent me Rob Lowe's best performance, it says. Play both of them. I sent you two. All right, here's the first one. I got to mute myself. All right. Um, I got to get rid of Drew. <laughs> I think the only movie Lowe. I have ever liked Rob Lowen was About Last Night. Oh, I forgot about that movie. God, that's an I oldie. That I love that movie. That's an oldie. Did, yes, it did is. Did you see him in Tommy Boy? Yes, I, I did. I liked Tommy He's good Boy. In Tommy Boy. All right, are you ready? Here we go. What the hell was that? That's Terrible. Well, a typical Lifetime movie. All right, let's see this other clip she sent.
Oh, maybe there's a delay because it still isn't showing on mine. Really? You must be really, really far behind. All right, here's the garage. Oh, we can hear you yawning. I know we can hear you while I play my clip. You're yawning. It's all right. You're not allowed it's to yawn. Day. All right, here's the garage clip. Wait, hold on. Y'all can't see it. <laughs> Stop yawning. It's Chris's fault. She should have settled. He kind of looks like him. I mean, not totally not like him. I'm untouchable. <laughs> well, I don't know. I got to watch the movie in its entirety before I can judge. Now I want to go watch it. He doesn't look like him. Where can we watch uh -huh. it? Like on demand? On Lifetime or something? Probably, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So we went through what happened with Drew Peterson and all the wives. And be looking for the event with his son coming up this week. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.